you, your farm, your future, and most importantly, your time matter to us. Welcome to the Dairy Streamlit, brought to you by the Dairy Business Association and Edge Dairy Farmer Cooperative, sister organizations fighting for sensible dairy policy in Wisconsin and Washington, D.C. The Dairy Streamlit is a compressed, high-level overview of a Dairy Stream episode. We focus on opportunities and challenges impacting the future of dairy. I'm your host, Joanna Guza. We are in the final episode of our Workable Workforce series, and this final topic is on general HR management and legal matters, and it can be a dense topic, but our guest makes it easy to understand and digest. The Dairy Stream only covers the high-level points of our conversation, so if this topic interests you, I recommend that you listen to the full episode that goes more into detail on July 5th. Our guest today is Troy Thompson. He's an employment law attorney at Axley Brinelson. Troy, what are some types of employment policies that farmers should have in place? Joanna, I recommend that all farms have in place at least four types of policies. The first type are those policies required by law, and this would include equal employment opportunity, anti-discrimination, harassment and retaliation, FMLA to the extent that the employer organization is covered by the FMLA, and then the most common types of safety policies, including especially those covered by the OSHA grain handling standards, such as confined space, walking down grain, lockout, tagout, combustible dust, tractor safety, et cetera. The second type of HR policies are those that put in place an early defense to the most common types of employment claims that arise. And these would be our wage and hour policies relating to timekeeping, working time, overtime. There's been an explosion of wage and hour claims across the country, including in the Midwest, with employees alleging that they didn't get paid for all working time and that the employer had them working off the clock. So we want to make sure we have policies that that help us put in place a defense to those types of claims, which would include a requirement that there is that an employee must record all working time and never perform work off the clock. This category also has your standards of conduct and work rules and the, the types of behaviors that are acceptable in the workplace. The third category are those policies that help advance the employer's rights and interests. And what I'm talking about here are policies relating to confidentiality and non-disclosure of trade secrets and other confidential business information. If we have employees that are using our property or equipment during working time, we want to have a policy that says that they're not authorized to make use of that for personal purposes. And then I also want to make sure that we have a no conflict of interest policy that requires employees to disclose actual or potential conflicts to us when they arise so that the employer has an opportunity to decide whether to take or not take action where the employee has a conflict. And then finally, the fourth category of policies that all farms should have are those that are critical to the employer's mission as a business or those that are critical to the employee's success. And those would include any guiding principles, standard operating procedures, or matters that impact the employee relationship. Now, the biggest mistake that employers have is to have too many policies that the employer never complies with. Those will come back and haunt you. The other thing that happens is where the employer is putting insurance information in a handbook where the insurance information changes on a year-to-year basis, but the employer isn't updating that in the handbook. So those are the most common four type of categories we should have. 
And from your experience, Troy, with working with dairy farms, what HR mistakes do you see farms most frequently making? The first HR mistake that farms have historically made is discounting the value of strategic HR and failing to give HR a seat at the management table. In years past, farms frequently had an old school, my way or the highway approach to personnel matters that doesn't work today. And there's several reasons why it doesn't work. First, farms are operating in an increasingly highly regulated world under federal, state, and local law. And in order to be successful, need to have HR professionals help them navigate through that. Second, we're in a stressed labor market where it's difficult to recruit and retain qualified employees. And and so we have to make sure that we're treating employees with dignity and respect and giving them the tools to be successful. And that's not always consistent with the my way or highway approach. Third, there's been an increase in employment claims where the evidentiary framework that courts apply is one that forces the employer to come forward with positive evidence of why the employer took the action it took, even as to an employee at will, such that it's important for employers to have a systematic approach to HR rather than kind of the old school my way or the highway approach. And then finally, the next biggest HR mistake that employers make is not having a a robust enough safety and health program. Our first duty in employment is to make sure that our employees go home safe every day. And that requires a strong understanding of the hazards in the workplace and how to avoid them. Well, farming is a dangerous occupation. Troy, can you walk us through a workers' compensation process and dealing with an injured employee? Absolutely. OSHA requires that employers report fatalities within eight hours. We hope and pray that no employer will ever have to have an employee fatality matter or a serious work injury, but these things do happen from time to time and the employer has to be prepared. OSHA also requires that the employer immediately report within 24 hours any inpatient hospitalizations, amputations, or eye losses. And then from a workers' compensation perspective, the employer has to fill out a first report of injury and submit it with its work comp insurer immediately when the incident occurs. And then the insurance carrier will conduct an investigation, including whether there's a factual or medical defense to the claim. The insurer will also evaluate whether the employee is entitled to any indemnity benefits for lost working time or any permanent disability, and will typically push the employer to return the employee to light duty as soon as possible. What are some effective strategies when dealing with an underperforming employee? The first thing that the employer should do is commit to a formal performance management process where the employer is communicating expectations and assisting the employee in understanding how to meet those expectations. Employees are not mind readers. They need instruction to be successful. And that's part of our job is setting and being the standard for them to follow and and making sure that they understand what our expectations are. And in those cases where the employee is falling short, it's incumbent upon us to help the employee be successful by periodically addressing those issues and not letting them fester. Do you have any tips for employers when it's necessary to terminate the employment of that employee? The first thing is to do it with dignity and respect. Uh, These employees came to the employer 
at a time when the employer was in need and they committed to doing a job and for multiple reasons it might not have worked out. But the first rule is to treat them with dignity and respect. The second thing is that prior to terminating, we want to make sure that we have gone through that performance management process for several reasons. First, it helps us understand that, yes, this employee isn't a good fit, yet we did everything we could to help them be successful so that we can better live with that decision. The next thing it does is that it helps the employee accept responsibility for their actions. If we catch an employee by surprise and they didn't see the termination coming, they're more likely to disparage us to their spouse and the employee will typically decide that it's that this is one where they should reach out to an employment attorney to explore whether they should file a claim. And when we have done the performance management on the front end, the employee is more likely to accept responsibility and tell the spouse that, no, it's on me. The employer gave me multiple chances to be successful, but despite my best efforts, I blew it. And then finally, even in the termination context, there's an opportunity for us to leave friends and maintain a bridge whereby that employee is going to be a lifelong goodwill ambassador to us and recommend that other employees give us a shot or that our customer base continue to do business with us rather than try to harm us in the, the community. Our guest today has been Troy Thompson. He's an employment law attorney at Axley Brindelson. And again, this is just the surface of our conversation. So I recommend if you're interested in this topic that you listen to the long, detailed version that's available on July 5th. May through July was dedicated Workable Workforce Series. And I encourage you to check out each episode of this four-part series. Thank you so much for tuning into the Dairy Streamlit. I'm Joanna Guza. The Dairy Business Association and Edge Dairy Farmer Cooperative would like to thank you for listening to Dairy Stream. If you enjoyed our podcast, please subscribe and rate Dairy Stream. We value your feedback. And if there's something you'd like to hear, email us at podcast at dairyforward.com.